You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous, the podcast about Broadway flops, scandals, and new work. I'm your host, Ebony Vines. And I'm your host, Pamela Shandro. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Theater Geeks Anonymous podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network and all your favorite podcast listening apps. Thank you. That'll start us off in a really good stead. <laughs> nobody's going to know what we're talking about, and I am not going to fill them in. <laughs> Welcome! What's up, theater geeks? What is up? What is up? It is 418 on Sunday, March 27th, but that is not when you're hearing this because no. we are just recording it this day. Yes. Because these are not live in the moment. These mm. are pre-recorded yeah i don't know if you knew that if you're disappointed by that i'm sorry <laughs> we don't know what to tell you because you should know by now you should know by now we need to edit stuff out like my dogs bark a lot <laughs> <laughs> sometimes we get names wrong oh yeah All this is what this is what i've come to just we're just realized about <laughs> like i'm creeping along to 40 is coming ever <laughs> i mean Instead of nipping at my heels, my foot is just like oh, yeah. in his mouth at this point. I mean, it's, it's just happening. It. I know. I I I, I turned forty, <laughs> and then I got sciatica. I started getting brain fog. <laughs> I had I that feel, before. I, I I feel like I can't quite control my muscles anymore. Like I'm just. <laughs> Can I tell you a fun story? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's fun. It's fun because it was it was harmless as I was growing up. But when I was a kid and into my adulthood, I was just thoroughly convinced that I was going to die at 40. And I don't know why, but that's just what it was. Like I'm not going to make it past 40, so I've got to succeed before then. Like that's I guess there was like a a heat under my butt because I knew that I had a deadline. Yeah. And I told that to my best friend once I told my friend Juliet that, and she goes, what? And I go, I'm not, I don't think I'll live past 40. And she goes, Pamela, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? You don't think of those things either. And she's like, no, I was like, <laughs> like, 
okay. And it made me think about it. Cause like, it was just normal. Like that was just the thought in my head and it was what, an, it was normal. It was just going to happen. I was going to die at 40 and it's, you know, no big deal. It's just what happens <laughs> until I was made to feel like absolutely ridiculous about it. And then I started thinking and I was like, okay, okay, maybe it's not normal, but I did actually see a TikTok not too long ago with a woman that was like, if you have had that feeling that you were going to die at a certain age, I was like, I'm sorry, are you in my head? Do other people think this? Yeah. She goes, yeah, other people do. She goes, if you have that feeling potentially in a past life, that is when you passed. (laughs) I was like, wow, slap me. I don't know. It's weird. But then I'm also like, still kind of like, it still might happen. Like I've still got six months now or well five months <laughs> I don't know no! no I rebuke we've <laughs> talked about this before and I rebuked it I okay. still rebuke okay. no <laughs> absolutely not I'm with Juliet and you can tell her I said so <laughs> we'll I don't do. like it okay <laughs> <laughs> then I'll try to stop saying it I'll try to stop thinking it <laughs> I, I've had this talk with a friend who she, I, so I know this is normal because she okay. had a similar yeah. um, thought process when she was younger. And, you know, we're going to get a little bit spiritual here, friends, mm. but y'all know Pamela and I are Christians. We're just not the crazy ones who believe <laughs> in conspiracy theories. We're the ones that love people. Yeah. <laughs> Which is actually what Jesus said. Okay. So, (laughs) so, but she said, you know, she really believes like thoughts like that are also part of the enemy, like meant to sort of like truncate your life and what you think you can do. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's Um, interesting. I mean, it's, yeah. It's like this limiting belief about like, you don't have enough time there's not enough time you're on a you're on and we listen we are on yes who knows how long it's going to be like Nobody. I feel like we, we have no idea yeah we're I'm, I'm I'm ever aware of that but at the same time like I do feel like the enemy plans thoughts and because a lot of that's a, a thing a lot of young people have thought a lot of children and so um but I do think that often it's just like a ploy of the enemy to get us to not reach the fullness Mm. that God has for us and to really dream past a certain age. Like it wasn't until I was probably about 30. It was my 30th year. I remember this woman that I was in a group with, she just had like several visions of me as this like older lady with this gray Afro. I think I've talked about this before. (laughs) And just like laughing and just being this joy filled, laughing old lady yeah. because I had been through so many things and I'd been able to see like how, uh, you know, things work together for good. Right. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, at that point, I was unaware of like how rough it was going to be and what mm-hmm. I was going to lose. But um, I think. I, I think like that vision, because I, I, I thought you know, before that, like, am I going to make it through all these things that mm-hmm. like I have to deal with? And, um, certainly in the middle of some of the things I didn't know were coming thought, like, am I going to make it? Cause a lot of people haven't made it through all the things that my siblings and I have been through. Sure. Like they, they die by suicide, struggling to get through life 
after so many of the experiences that the three of us have had. And so, but I really believe that like, if we can catch a vision of ourselves older, if we can at least picture that, Mm -hmm. um, even if it doesn't happen, but to know that like, there is more for us and to, and to, and to not allow the enemy to limit us. Yeah. I think there's a certain amount of freedom in that. Um, well, I do know that I've already chatted with my niece, Cameron, about her taking care of me in my old age I and us it. just having a house filled with dogs. I'm coming to visit. <laughs> Please do. Yeah, It'll I'm be coming. the best. I think I, 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 I <laughs> in my I walker with my dog, I'm coming. Awesome. Please do. Please do. You can have a wheelchair. We'll be accessible to everybody. <laughs> Uh, but I lassoed her into this when she was 16 years old (laughs) and I just, it literally was like, Hey Cameron, are you going to take care of me when I'm an old lady? And she goes, yeah. And I was like, verbal contract. (laughs) Did she say she was like, she just laughed. But now every year I've reminded her. And what does she say now? She's, I mean, she's fine with it. She's going to be fine. But then I did up the ante by saying, and just so you know, we're going to have a house full of dogs. And she was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) She's like super excited now. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cute. It is going to be so cute. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's adorable. Uh, yeah. Like that's, I'm like old lady by the water with a dog. Yeah. Maybe two. Definitely that sounds, one. That sounds amazing. Yeah. That's it. Happy as a clam. Mm -hmm. And then until I can't walk anymore, I still want to be producing, directing, and writing. And then when I can't walk, I'll just write. There you go. Perfect. Who needs to walk for that? (laughs) I know. I'm like, Julie Andrews still directing into her 80s. So. Absolutely. That's that's the goal. I I have a feeling you're going to be pretty feisty when you're old. Like, I don't think your body's going to, I don't think you're going to allow your body to give up on you. like get in line hip and it just like pops into place and you're like standing up straight yeah just be like get it together we don't have time for this (laughs) I gotta do some stuff yeah well I'm excited today we're doing an episode like a a real episode again yeah yeah and that (laughs) I totally forgot what this one was we well, planned it because we weeks ago, yeah but. we planned it a couple weeks ago but we also had a couple of different titles that each of us were going to put together so this yeah. today I decided to do the show smile I totally forgot what this is about I'm so excited well let me elucidate you I <laughs> used a big, big word <laughs> sometimes y'all Pamela uses big words and I just nod and smile and then I go to the dictionary later to figure out what she actually said I am always very good about um, context. Yes. Sometimes <laughs> I still don't know, though. That's all right. No shame. No. no shame. Well, listen, I read that that review a couple weeks ago that was like had two different words in it. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what that means. And I had to look it up. I had to both of them. And then I had to like figure out what the definitions meant within the sentence that he wrote. And I was like, this is too much work. It's a lot. Yeah. I remember that one. I remember. (laughs) Oh, so smile. Are we ready for this? (laughs) 
We've been doing a lot of laughing today, Miss Ebony. We have. <laughs> we have. <laughs> so as always, I'm going to start off with my resources. Um, IBDB played a lot into this. Wikipedia, okay. of course, but I have a story about that in just a second. <laughs> ConcordTheatricals.com. Playbill.com. I know. Uh, it's It was really just specifically for this show, though. Okay. Um, and HowardAshman.com. So my story about Wikipedia. He has a website? It does. It's really <laughs> full too. There's a lot of stuff on there. Oh wow. Um so I got onto my computer this morning to write my episode and I couldn't access Wikipedia. And I I tried multiple ways. Like I did a Google search at first and I just put in Smile Broadway Musical and it came up with and I clicked the first link which is usually the Wikipedia page and then it brought me to a screen that said uh can't access or won't access whatever it was. I was like, this is weird, but sometimes so you just like click advanced and then it says you can override and then go yeah. to the website. But for security reasons, they wouldn't even let me do that. Weird. So, and that was on Safari. So then I tried to do it on Chrome, same deal. And then I was Googling what this, you know, I typed in what the error message was or what the security message was. And I was trying to do all of these things like to get around it and I couldn't figure it out. And then I got on my phone and I was able to access Wikipedia. So I had to, from my phone, dictate into the computer. Oh, no. I know. I couldn't just copy and paste. That's weird. I did so much work. (laughs) It was very weird. But like the part of the message said, you know, in the advanced section, at least was this might just be temporary and you will be able to access it later. But I hadn't all day. I haven't been able to access it all day. So, so weird. I don't know. And then I was thinking like, did I upgrade or update my software on this Mac, which is potentially yes. I don't remember, but I don't know. It's weird and kind of frustrating, but what are you going to do? Can't disappoint the fans. Nope. <laughs> so... <laughs> Smile is a Broadway musical with books, book and lyrics by Howard Ashman and music by Marvin Hamlish. These guys, oh. you, you know them, but I'm just going to. Flipping amazing. You. Yeah, right? Marvin Hamlish was born Marvin Frederick Hamlish. <laughs> Try to say that five times fast. <laughs> um, was born on June 2nd, 1944 in Manhattan, and he attended classes at Juilliard as a child and then yeah, enrolled tracks. at college. <laughs> I mean, is that something that people can do or do you have to be like a phenom? I think you have to be exceptional. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which I mean, that again, it tracks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he enrolled at Queens College while working as the rehearsal pianist on Broadway. He met Barbara Streisand as, a, as the rehearsal pianist on Funny Girl and their collaboration of The Way We Were became a number one pop single. He's won loads of awards and is credited as being an EGOT winner. And for those of you who are following but don't immediately recognize what that means, it just means that he has won all four awards, major awards. He's won the Emmy, the Grammy, the Oscar, and the Tony. Mm -hmm. I invite you to look up all of the handful of Emmys, Grammys, and Oscars he's received. But because this is a Broadway podcast, I want to stick to the musicals. (laughs) And for the most part, he wrote the music for these shows, uh, but in some of them, he was the musical coordinator, arranger, and he also wrote dance arrangements for some. So here's this list. Funny Girl in 1964, Henry Sweet Henry in 67, 
Golden Rainbow in 68, Minnie's Boys in 70, Seesaw in 73, Liza in 74, A Chorus Line opened in 75 and ran through 1990. That is the show in which he won the Tony Award for Best Original Musical Score. Mm. He continued on after that with An Evening with Diana Ross in 1976. Their Playing Our Song was in 79. Up in One <laughs> was also in 1979. Shirley MacLaine on Broadway, 84. Andre de Shields' Harlem Nocturne was also in 84. Blythe Spirit, The Goodbye Girl, Sweet, uh, Sweet Corner Symphony, Manelli on Manelli, Sweet Smell of Success, Imaginary Friends, the 2006 Chorus Line, and Liza's at the Palace in 2008. <laughs> That's just to name a few. Good grief. I know, right? Howard Elliott Ashman was born May 17th, 1950 and passed mm. on March 14th, 1991. Awesome. I know. He was an American playwright, lyricist, and stage director. He collaborated with composer Alan Menken on several works and is most widely known for his work on a few little Disney projects. You know, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. Just Her whole childhood. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Ashman and Mencken also collaborated on Little Shop of Horrors, which Ashman wrote the screenplay for when it was made into a feature film by Frank Oz in 1986. I found something really interesting on HowardAshman.com. Okay. It was a story told by Howard himself. Um, and this is basically what he said or what it said. And then I'll have a quote by him as well. The Musical Smile is based on 1975 Michael Ritchie film with screenplay by Jerry Belson of the same name. The film had been optioned by Marvin Haml Hamlish. Wow, I cannot talk today. <laughs> <laughs> the film had been optioned by Marvin Hamlish and Howard had originally vied for the job of scriptwriter and lyricist, but had been turned down. Five years later, he was again given the opportunity to work on the show and quickly agreed. Quote, it was the only job I ever wanted that I didn't get, Howard later said. Mm. When they approached me to fix the show, I said that I wasn't interested in fixing anything. I would only do it if we could start from scratch. Mm. To my amazement, Marvin agreed. He threw out all the songs except the melody of the title tune. I called Jerry Belson, who was the original screenplay writer, mm -hmm. and got his original screenplay, the one that he wished had been filmed, and we started working from that. Um, more of that same story says mixing idealism with delusion by casting a jaundiced eye on the world of beauty pageants and a loving eye on the world of young women starting out in life smile challenges while it entertains the story follows roommates Doria Hudson and Robin Gibson as they vie to be named California's young American miss and in addition, we follow pageant director Brenda DiCarlo Freelander as she relives her youth and plots her future, oblivious to the price demanded of all those who would have it all. Pageant roommates and contestants Doria and Robin are polar opposites. Doria is from a broken home and yearns to disappear into the world of pageants. She's been competing for years and she takes Robin, who has never entered a competition before and is unsure why she has done so this time under her wing. As the girls go through their rehearsals and interviews, we get to know them well. We also get to know Brenda and her family. Brenda needs to make the pageant a success so she can do what she wasn't able to do when a teen. Go on to nationals, this time as a pageant director. Um, part of the story is that Brenda was the second runner up, I think 10 or 15 years prior huh? as, uh, as a young Miss contestant. 
Um, on the day of the pageant, nerves and anxiety abound as through the course of the evening, the girls conspire against one contestant and Brenda and her husband discover that their innocent son is not as innocent as they thought. Indeed, by the end of the evening, we discover that no one in Smile is innocent or blameless as truths are told and secrets revealed. The show's first preview was on November 14th of 1986. They opened officially on November 24th, 1986 and closed on January 3rd, 1987 mm. after 11 previews and 48 performances. Mm. The cast on opening night included Marsha Waterbury as Brenda DiCarlo Freelander, the pageant organizer and past second runner-up, Jeff McCarthy as Big Bob Freelander, Brenda's hubby and chief pageant judge, Jody Benson as Doria Hudson, Anne-Marie Bobby as Robin Gibson, Tia Riebling as Sean Christensen, Cheryl Ann Rossi as Maria Gonzalez. Those were all contestants of the pageant. Okay. And then we have Michael O'Gorman as Tommy French, the exacting pageant choreographer. Mm -hmm. Tommy Daggett as Little Bob Freelander, mm -hmm. Brenda, uh, who is Brenda and Bob's son. And then finally, Dick Patterson as Ted Farley, the MC of the pageant. Smile received nominations for the Tony Award for Best Book of a Musical, as well as nominations for the Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Featured Actor in a Musical with Michael O'Gorman. And Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Costume Design, William Ivy Long. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Back in the 80s, too. So you yeah. knew it was like 80s-tastic. <laughs> right before you started giving the hmm. description, it flashed in my head. The show flashed in my head. I was like, oh, wait, I do remember this because they have clips of it in the Howard Ashman documentary on Disney plus. Yes, they do. And I'll get into some of that in a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Cause there's some really interesting information uh, regarding Jody Benson, especially. Okay. Yeah. Um, so according to the grosses that I saw on playbill.com, it seems that the weeks of Christmas really did them in financially. They were down like oh. 20%. That's and usually after, the hot time. I know. Well, see, and that's just kind of it because we know that the kiss of death is the weeks following Christmas. Yeah. So if you're already at a deficit on the week of Christmas, you're just done. And that's kind yeah. of what happened. Um, critics were not great for a smile. Mm -hmm. uh, New York times was the only one that I could really find, but there, uh, I'll mention this later. Okay. <laughs> New York times, um, basically stated if the spirit is willing in smile, the execution is weak. Though Mr. Ashman, the co-author of Little Shop of Horrors, and Mr. Hamlish, the composer of A Chorus Line, possess the talent as well as the will to resurrect the good times, they have done so only for fleeting, scattered interludes. Mm. Schizoid in tone, dramatically diffuse and undistinguished mm. in such crucial areas as music, dance, and humor. Mm. So pretty much panned. Yeah. Um, according to allmusicals.com, the musical is an adaptation of the eponymous film shot by director M. Ritchie in 1975. Mm -hmm. Howard Ashman did not reflect in this work uh, a satirical line of the narration. In his script, he told the story of what was going on behind the scenes during the beauty contest. Mm -hmm. It lasted for only six weeks on the stage of Broadway. The show was presented to the audience not in the best time because that year was marked by the appearance of many great musicals. Against their backdrop, this production remained almost unnoticed by the public. 
Reviews on the Broadway production were mostly negative. Reviewers noted um, musical had lost a satirical mood of the film and, the, and despite all of the efforts could not recreate a festive atmosphere of the contest. And yet a few songs from the show received enough fame among the audience. After the failure, the authors engaged in rethinking of production, and they've actually created more space for male actors as well as shifted the emphasis on the other women's characters of the play and not just on the central four. Um, in the future, this show was staged only using the updated version. Mm -hmm. On BroadwayWorld.com forums, which I came across completely by accident. <laughs> <laughs> I love a rabbit hole. Oh my gosh, so much rabbiting, so much holing. <laughs> I came across a post that was left by JV92, and it was posted on May 23rd, uh, excuse me, 2018, not 1918, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in which JV92 writes, the new, in parentheses, wonderful Howard documentary directed by Don Hahn makes it very clear that Howard and Marvin Hamlish did not get along. Hamlish behaved like a pompous egomaniac with no sense of theater or character development, and Ashman, usually in control of the of uh, the WPA, where the Little Shop of Horrors originated, mm -hmm. and where he was the artistic director for a long time, mm -hmm. was treated very poorly and condescendingly. The producers were inexperienced, uh, more experienced hands like the Schuberts and David Geffen lost interest. Uh, Hamlish took control of the whole operation, or so it seems. Jody Benson, who played Doria, recalls in the documentary that Hamlish disappeared after the not-so-good reviews came out. Didn't bother with anybody. It was left to Howard to boost company morale, which he did, and keep the thing afloat for 46 performances. Feeling badly that the young ladies in Smile were out of work and their Broadway dreams were dashed, he offered them all the chance to audition for his next projects, the voice of Ariel in The Little Mermaid. Oh. Jody Benson got the part. <laughs> I read that and I was like, oh, wonderful. <laughs> oh. I was like, okay, that's so that's how that happened. That's just yeah. amazing. I know. Isn't that fun? I love hearing little stories like that. Yeah. So in falling down the rabbit hole of these forums, <laughs> and I actually discovered what Howard had alluded to earlier when he said he had been turned down for the job. Now, <laughs> there's a lot kind of intertwined in here. So I'm hoping that this is not confusing. Okay. I'm going to introduce you to another player, though, before we do any of this. Okay. Carolyn Lee, mm -hmm. born August 22nd, excuse me, August 21st of 1926 and died November 19th of 1983, was mm. an American lyricist for Broadway, film, and popular songs. She is best known for her partnership with Cy Coleman in writing Witchcraft and The Best is Yet to Come. Okay. With Johnny Richards, she wrote the million seller Young at Heart for the film of the same name starring Frank Sinatra. Wow. Mm-hmm. Lee wrote lyrics for Broadway shows, including Peter Pan, Wild Cat, oh, oh. and How Now Dow Jones. I know. She received nominations for Tony Awards for Best Original Score for both Little Me and How Now Dow Jones. Wow. At the time of her death, Lee was working with Marvin Hamlish on a musical called Smile. Yes. Okay. Unfortunately, she died of a heart attack before yes. completing I remember it. this. Mm -hmm. From the documentary? 
Yes, I think so. Because okay. I was like, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, they talked about what, yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. So I have not watched this this documentary yet. It is like literally in my queue and I'm waiting to watch it. Maybe I'll watch so it good. tonight. I'm actually because so doing all this research. I was like, oh, shoot, I wish I had time to watch that right now. <laughs> so my good. understanding, yeah, it seems like it's really good. He seems like such a, a nice man. Like he just seems like, like Grandpa Charlie. He's like Uncle Howard. Wait, well, it's mm, no. Mm. Oh, spill. <laughs> it's, you know, so like very ambitious. And it's sort okay. of like once he got sick, uh, I think it was a mixture of softness and like uh, nostalgia. No, um, s- softness. And also I have to get this done before I die. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. You know, and so and he was all, always very ambitious um you know so it's it's I think for some people he was pretty soft and that's Mm -hmm. why like when he was dying I mean you'll see it's like so many people just came interesting well because I'm I guess I'm speaking based on an interview that I watched with Jody Benson and how he treated her both through smile and into Little Mermaid and and yeah it's like for some people he was like that and and for others and the work (laughs) it was like different but that's how you get it done you know as long as like all those people still respected him it's what I never saw was anybody feeling like he was just like a dick to be a dick you know what I mean and like what and and it wasn't like he was constantly that but he was you know he was on bar a force yeah. yeah, he was a force to be reckoned with, is what sure. I'll say. Okay. <laughs> well, my understanding about how all of this kind of took place is that yeah. the show was basically almost written. And when Carolyn died, Marvin offered Howard the opportunity to write the lyrics, and then he accepted, and the rest is history. But if that's all to be believed, that means that Carolyn Lee died. And instead of Marvin Hamlish finding someone to just finish the project with her work, he yeah. approached Howard Ashman, who agreed with the condition that all the previous work had to be scrapped and they start right. from scratch. And I got to admit that this makes me a little bit sad. Yeah, and this was kind of where I was like, uh, there was this kind of dueling idea of how Howard Ashman was. So like you have the story yeah. from Jody Benson and then you see what he did. And so I don't know, like that's, I guess, so here's my hot take, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the erasure of an entire creative entity, notwithstanding, mm-hmm. I think what I've come to realize by doing this episode um, is that the movie on which Smile was based mm-hmm. is a dark satire right okay so, I've I mean, never seen it yeah. beyond yeah beyond like the creative team and what they did with material and what they didn't do with material the reference material that they had is a movie in 1980s movie it's kind of like a cult classic it was it would be definitely considered like a b b minus movie well I mean you would think that's right in Howard's wheelhouse. I mean think, look what he did little with Shop Little Shop. Course. It's the same. It's Absolutely. a B movie like right. that's just like a cult crazy weirdness. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, it is very uh, the original movie was also very cynical in nature mm-hmm. and when transferred to the stage there was almost a mistranslation. 
through the forums that I read, the common thread of actual audience members was that like actual audience members, not even people that like looked at it later, but like these are people that were in the seats in the 80s. Mm -hmm. These members, these audience members um, were saying that it was supposed to have been a certain way. So -hmm. they were saying, you know, it was supposed to have been satiric, that some of the jokes were meant to be played cynically, but because they were not, or perhaps because they were played up, that it just kind of killed the joke. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. By all accounts, Howard Ashman was an actor's director and his insertion into other projects may have helped those success, those become successes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My thoughts are as scattered on writing written form (laughs) as they are in my brain. And I'm sorry about that. Um, because he had inserted himself into these other projects that might've actually helped with the success of those projects, Mm -hmm. but he didn't have that kind of role in smile. Mm -hmm. So because he wasn't able to control how his words were to be spoken, they didn't have the effect that he wanted them to. Mm -hmm. All of this is complete conjecture as I am wont to do. (laughs) (laughs) I just think it's all very interesting. There's not a lot of information out there. So I had to kind of fill in the gaps the only way that I knew how I mean, for goodness sake, I found out about the original lyricist by complete accident. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, all of this is to say, I guess the dark humor is super difficult. You walk this very fine line between campy and offensive. And if you aren't making strong choices, Mm -hmm. it ends up being very bland. Yeah. There is this very fine line. And Mm -hmm. maybe if, you know, if you're, if you're walking that line, not wanting to make a mistake, not wanting to be considered this or that you're just kind of vanilla right there in the middle and it's you know what I mean so some people did say they liked the music um the there is a demo recording that is available on footlight.com that I found oh okay um I could not listen to it on Spotify or Pandora or any other like digital but that is a it is available to purchase um in a cd form so I don't know if you guys have cd players or not (laughs) No, that's where we're, yeah, that's where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but it was, yeah, I mean, it's interesting to think. I mean, like, I think of specifically Sweeney Todd. That's the perfect dark humor. Musical. Yeah. You've got this storyline that for all intents and purposes should be a tragedy. Yeah. It should be Macbeth. Yeah. Because everybody dies. Yes. Horribly and grotesquely. Yes. Yes. And they Mm -hmm. don't hold that back. Like it's all there in the open. Right. But because of the way it is played, it is funny. Right. And the humor comes from the realism of it. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, there is a, it's a, it's a difficult challenge. Hal Prince and Sondheim were, I mean, Sondheim was amazing at writing it, but Hal Prince is the one that, that, created it and put it on right. stage and was able to bring it out of all of the actors. Right. Cause that's the thing, right. Is like, if you, you know, you have the writer who writes the words mm-hmm. and does it well, but then if the director is not, isn't able to execute it. Yeah. As you said, with these strong choices. Yeah. Um, then it, it loses the intention yeah and yeah it's not it's not funny I I wonder what Sweeney Todd 
Cause because after after Hal did it, like everybody else is just trying to do a similar thing. It's yeah. sort of like the template. And yeah. Right. And so if your first iteration, the director doesn't get it, there's no template. Yeah. Right. So everyone's trying to like figure out how to make a thing work. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. It seemed like from the documentary i mean that was a big disappointment for him yeah um it was because he uh, at least in part of the, the story that i didn't include in this um that i read before with all of his quotes yeah um you know he said that this was the show that he had lost and was so disappointed in losing. Like it was the mm-hmm. show that he wanted to do that he didn't get to do. And then yeah. he did get to do it. And so the idea that he also then like, it just didn't succeed was, it must've been really disheartening for him. Yeah. 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 Oh man. The thing is, and like, and cause I was reading about the movie too. Mm-hmm. The difference is, and this is what Howard Ashman did because he changed the book, right? Mm-hmm. It's very loosely inspired. You can say inspired by, but it's very loose. Like in the, mm-hmm. the original movie was mostly about Brenda, her husband, and the like manager of the campaign or the director of the campaign. And somehow one of them tries to commit suicide and Brenda sees that that's happening and tries to stop. And then she's accidentally shot and hurt, but not killed. And then, yeah, like it was, it's all very dark, but it's also supposed to be very humorous. So, Mm -hmm. but they like went there. And in this one, it's more about the backstage. It's more about the lives behind the ladies that are contestants. Mm -hmm. And I like the idea that he's coming from, like he was coming from, I think a good place. He was trying to show that these women are not just beautiful bodies on stage, that right. they've there's more to them than that, that they've got hearts and they've got souls. And in fact, the character that Jeff McCarthy plays, who's the husband of the, the, <laughs> I can't remember. The is it the manager? Barbara? No. no. Brenda. It is Brenda. Brenda. I just can't remember what her title is right now, but she's putting on the pageant. Her husband is like the chief judge and he's telling all of the other judges, like, we've got to look beyond what you see and like, listen to their words and watch, you know, their actions and like really discover who they are, you know, like, so he was, it was, I think, trying to be feminist. He was trying to be, you know, trying to like, I don't know, this was like the, the height of, 80s power women going back to work you know that kind of big shoulder pads all that stuff right Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know I don't know I'm it's interesting like you see that he's trying to do this in a good way from a good place but you've also got audience members not only that liked the movie and wanted to see the movie on stage so they were disappointed but you've also got people who had no idea what the movie was about and they were just disappointed because the show wasn't good right so yeah. I think it'd be interesting to do a drop dead gorgeous on stage. Do you remember that movie? Yeah, I thought I I swear I feel like people keep talking about that happening. Oh yeah? Yeah, like maybe. Like, I mean it'd I be f- really smart. Cuz like the way that they filmed it was like a docu style film. So you've got Kirsten Dunst is one of the the contestants and there's all these other 
um, ladies who, well, young ladies, because this was, it's still like a Miss pageant, but it's Minnesota this time. So they've all got funny accents as well, which adds to it. <laughs> but you've got people killing off the contestants or making it so that they can't perform anymore. But it's, but like, there's almost this like desperate need for the show to go on because it's the most important thing in any of these people's lives. And that's where the dark humor comes into play. So and maybe it's just that Smile didn't have the stakes. Yeah. Even the pretend stakes. Like when I was a kid and I would go to rehearsal and people would be like, and I'm talking like high school age, maybe. So like 15, 16 and people were screwing around and not, you know, not learning their lines or whatever. And I would go home and I would lament to my mom, like, this is my life. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's ridiculous. But at the time, like, that's how I felt. That was yeah. how I felt in my loins. <laughs> this is my life. They are destroying my life. And it's like, this is a high school show, Pamela. It's nothing that major. Like, your life is still going to go on, even if they mess around in rehearsal. Like, it's going to be okay. But that's that kind of, that's the feeling that you should, you you want to get from the performers, but in an earnest way. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's where the comedy would come in. Yeah. That's right. That's right. There, there was an off-Broadway thing. I cannot remember the name of, but it, I feel like it was on for a little while uh, that was similar-ish okay. about, you know, the, the pageants and it was satirical. Mm -hmm. It had a funny name too. I never went to see it, but um, the name was kind of comical. But it was in that know. same sort of vein, like darkly comic Okay. About pageants behind I the scenes sort those. of thing. I don't know. I'm, I will, this is what I'm going to tweet about it. Cause yeah, yeah. I just know it had, it had like a, it wasn't pageant the musical. Cause it had like a funny name. Uh, and the poster was kind of funny and, um, maybe it didn't last that long, but it, like, maybe it was just like a, few months or something but it mm -hmm. was definitely it was someplace between 2013 to yeah. like 2017 so I'll, I'll look it up and I'll yeah. I'll tweet it out because I can't I can't think of the name at all but I remember I'd see the poster and I'd be like that's a that's a quirky that you know that's funny it sort of captured <laughs> like the essence of pageants without yeah. you know just calling it that Mm. Um, and the poster definitely showed you, you know, that it was about those, but it'll come. <laughs> Twitter I'll, I'll will come it. through. <laughs> <laughs> um, well that, yeah, I mean, definitely everybody also like watch that Howard Ashman documentary so that you can see clips yeah. from, uh, this I'm musical watch that tonight. That sounds really awesome. It's, I mean, it's just so interesting like mm. I, I mean I would totally watch it I'll probably watch it like a few other times I just like documentaries a lot anyway. yeah oh I do too <laughs> <laughs> uh but that one's like particularly great and um yeah it lets you see some some you know sort of the the clips look like somebody like off stage is taking yeah. them but it's there are some videos that you can watch online of like mm -hmm. little snippets or like news stories where they show some of the show in them so there is some yeah. of that that if you just google smile musical those okay. will come up those are really like in the first 
um, the first page the, as you Google. So okay. you'll be able to see those. Yeah. That's neat. That's, that's neat. Uh, I, I don't know if you saw it. You probably didn't. Cause I think it was on Twitter, but uh, oh no, I did. I screenshot you uh, one of our, from one of our old episodes, the Raggedy Ann musical. Yes. <laughs> we haven't talked about this since I did it, but that like, I hadn't seen any, any pictures of the musical. Like we just talked about it and we sort of like wondered what it had looked like. And then I just happened to be scrolling through uh, Twitter uh, via our, our Theater Geeks Anonymous feed. And there was somebody who they hadn't tweeted us about it, but they had posted a photo from Raggedy <laughs> and the musical and friends. It's uh, it's not great. No. <laughs> and I get OK, so I had a Raggedy Ann doll when I was a kid. So did I. And an Andy. I, yeah. Oh, totally. I didn't mm-hmm. have the Andy because I didn't care about boys all of that. And she's supposed to be raggedy. Like that's why yeah. she has the name raggedy. And, and I didn't actually put that together until I was much older. Cause raggedy was just her name, raggedy. Ann. that was yeah. her name. I didn't get that raggedy was like an adjective yes. <laughs> or no, an adverb rather. Mm-hmm. No adjective, adjective, adjective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> get that out. I don't want to sound like a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I remember her face being that way. Like she had straight up and down lashes Mm -hmm, and she mm -hmm. had those big triangles under her cheeks. Right. And so when you sent me that photo, Mm -hmm. I immediately was like, they could have at least made her cute. Mm -hmm. But then thinking about that, I was like, no, I guess they really couldn't have because she was raggedy. Yeah. She wasn't meant to be cute. She wasn't meant to be beautiful. She was just, she was a scrap doll. Right, right. I. It was just like, it was like, Okay. Have you all, I don't know if anybody, you, have you seen Penelope yet? I keep talking about this movie. The pig nose. Yes. Yeah. I love that movie. I do too. It's so cute. (laughs) It's really cute. She's adorable. With the pig nose, she's adorable. She's adorable. And that's the thing that I'm thinking about is like, I, uh, I love that movie. And so I had listened to, um, some, like an interview, I think it was with the director And he talked about how, you know, they'd gone through several sketches of that, um, of what she would look like. Mm -hmm. And so if you've seen the movie, it's interesting because like they were trying to think like, should she be scary? Should she actually be ugly? Like, what should she look like? And if you watch the movie, there's one scene where the douchebag of a, you know, guy (laughs) <laughs> like he has this flashback of her and it looks absolutely nothing like her whatsoever. Yep. Like he's just turned her <laughs> into this monster. Yeah. But uh, that was like, I think one of like the original ideas. Oh, I mean, definitely it was toned down a lot yeah. from that, but like they upped the ante for that scene. But um, so anyway, I, th- I think about like, I think about that and how like Christina Ricci was like the cutest thing in that movie and how there's like, a way to make it accurate, but like not as scary. But of course, like whenever I think, you know, there's ways to make, you know, it's like this wasn't Toy Story, like Toy Story mm-hmm. made made uh, toys coming to life look fun. Yeah. And then Chucky made it look scary. And I was like, <laughs> this was more on the Chucky side mm-hmm. than it was on the Toy yeah. Story side. Yeah. 
if they had given her beautiful lashes yeah and because here's the problem too so the white makeup shapes if it is a round shape it is cute yeah if it is a linear shape it is not right yeah so she has triangles on her face but what you do then is you figure out anatomically on the actress's face where those triangles can sit yeah. and still look cute yeah you also again don't have to have a fully white face right it right. does not have to be black and white makeup it can right. be face tone with yeah. pink triangles yeah with beautiful long lashes like there it can be an illusion an illusion to clown right. or raggedy but it doesn't have to be exactly what the doll looks like because yeah. the doll ain't cute. No. And I, I also think like, cause she had like yarn hair. Yeah. Yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. Don't give her yarn hair. I know that the doll has yarn hair, but if she's coming to life, she's not the doll anymore. Right. She's a living representation of that doll. That's right. So you can give her beautiful red curls if you would like to do that. Or yeah. you can, you know, do something that is palatable <laughs> I know I know because I like that photo I was like I couldn't have been that child in that musical I'd had yeah. nightmares well I think if you if you put that into a real life scenario where a little child who is dying in a hospital bed is woken up to a, a life-size version of her little beloved doll that looked like that yeah she would absolutely have nightmares yeah. or she would think she was already dead and she had been sent somewhere that she didn't belong yes uh-huh <laughs> No, there's always ways. There's uh-huh. always ways to make things look aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. And still represent the original. I don't, I don't. Yeah, that was not, Mm-mm. it wasn't great. <laughs> but I do, you know, if you want to know what we're talking about, it's on our feed. <laughs> so you can just go to our Theater Geeks Anonymous at TGABWay on Twitter and look yeah. at the feed and see, see the photo. Cause that, I was just like, wow. Yeah, that was that's right up there with the Annie two thing when mm-hmm. Annie is in the box. Suitcase. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what people are doing to children is what yeah. I'm saying is like these shows are just well, giving I, kids nightmares because I know. Right. <laughs> I will also say that some of the stuff that they got away with then mm-hmm. is more is now problematic. So mm-hmm. we're seeing it through the lens of a 2022 vision when true, but. But also but just like she still looks, you know what I mean? Like she yeah. still just looks scary. She oh, yeah. So, no, I'm I'm in a group. But but there are pictures of like vintage uh, Easter Bunny and Santa costumes. I don't know if you've seen any of these oh, from like that. the early 1900s. They are scary or like <laughs> old Halloween costumes. Yeah. Oh, girl, if I find any, I'll send them your way. Please like do. they are they are nightmare inducing. <laughs> <laughs> I made to Google it right now, in fact. Because <laughs> oh, spooky. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So that that should conclude this episode, I think. Okay. I think we, we've touched on <laughs> we touched on everything and we just wanted to I just wanted to like tack on a little bit about Raggedy. And if you all hadn't seen that on our Twitter feed, because it's I, I love to find like little photos of things that we've talked about and like 
watching the Howard Ashman thing, then you'll get like a taste of smile that yes. we talked about today. So it's just like always fun to be able to put some visuals to the shows we're talking about since they're not actually available, you know, for you to watch. Oh, on that note, last thing. Mm-hmm. Pamela and I were not able to go, which I oh. know is going to be a regret I take to my grave. <laughs> oh, no. But it just like is what it is because you just can't catch everything. But yeah. I'm like praying to God that like something will happen from it because it is Billy Porter. Yeah. So uh, last weekend for us as we're recording this, New York City Center did a... um. They, they call them like they're off center sort of just they'll do one weekend of a show that's not done very often. Friends, they did the life. I love it. They did I the loved life. It since it came out, you know, and like Billy Porter directed it. And it's like we missed it. And we're like, I'm I'm going to go to my grave. <laughs> upset about this one. It just it just was what it was like. We just didn't have time. I was supposed to go see a show the weekend before, but COVID caught the whole cast. And so I had to wait another week. And I was just like, I'm, I can't, I'm tired. The, I have to go see the show the day Pamela's off. It just didn't work. Yeah. So it's um, okay. It's, it's, it'll ha- it's something will happen. I think I hope Billy, so. Billy will bring it back to Broadway. I, I hope like off Broadway, something. Yeah. So I don't know. Another another weekend of it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Lear debased in that. I don't know if you listen. Oh, it's Lear. such a good musical. I've got it. I've got it in my Spotify Broadway musical. You playlist. Do. Of course I do. Yeah. Cause like, this is, you know, like when I talk about the musicals that were my high school soundtrack. Yeah. The life ragtime steel pier sideshow, ra- you know, like I, Mm-hmm. life um no 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 uh uh rent was the big yeah. one of my you know my high yeah. school my high school days not my actual yeah. high school they didn't care about that stuff <laughs> we're the lone wolves out there like we're like, just those are also the musicals like when it comes up I know all the words because <laughs> those it. are the ones that I listened to over and over again when I was that age so great <laughs> so I just I really yeah yeah, the life is special. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, you know, it it's just like I love that. Me too. So, I don't know. There's clips online. Yeah, we can pray it'll come back in some iteration. That would be amazing. So All that's right. it. Thanks okay, for we're really done. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our podcast, Theater Geeks Anonymous. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TGABWAY and on Facebook at Theater Geeks Anonymous. And if you want to tell us how much you love us or you have a great story about one of the shows we've talked about, drop us a note at TGABWAY at gmail.com. You can also support us by going to patreon.com forward slash TGABWAY. Until Until next time, time, geeks. geeks. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.